class of the Mimer, Vayova Moshe Betei Chohanan, a Mimer of the Rebbe of 1965, Tavshin Chaf He. So, not going over everything we said until now, but just the main things to remember. Fire is the divine. On the other side, we have inert materialism that is just composed out of the four basic elements. Smoke is the process of a physical object going up and being eliminated or consumed by the fire. If we were talking about that everything would happen in the physical realm of things, then that would not seem like a good thing because it would mean that we lose something, right? But if we think of the fire, not as a consuming physical fire, but as a spiritual fire, and the materialism going up into, into divine meaning and becoming more refined. The example we gave last class was a phone, a smartphone becoming smaller, right? right? So you don't say that it's smaller, so you have less. On the contrary, you say you, say you have smaller, it's more efficient, it's less weight, etc. I mean, it's becoming more refined without losing thing. Of course not. You, you, you have all the pluses, but with all the mi- with, with less and less minuses, like weight and size, etc. So that is the process that started. So smoke is this process of physical existence, refining itself in divine. The ultimate goal being until the object, because that is what happens when something burns, that the object and the fire actually become one because the object disappears into the fire. So you could say there's only fire left. So when we talk about this wall, what we mean by that is that the divine element will become such an intricate part of existence that it existence itself will not exist anymore without the divine. That's what it means. There will be existence, but not a existence that exists without the divine. The Hasidic story that is being told that it were once two two um, um, neshamas that met Bashamayim and so one soul says to another soul says hey long time no see I haven't seen you around for a while where were you so, yeah I went down to it was, it was my time I went down to to the Olam to the Olam I don't know, maybe they call it Olam Haba. Anyways, I went on to the physical world. Said, yeah, oh, wow, I heard about that. So tell me, how is it? So, oh, it, it's, it's horrible. Said, what do you mean? What's going on? He's like, it, it's, I don't know how to tell you. Like, imagine a place where you wouldn't be able to see that everything is godliness. He says, well, it's not possible because everything is godliness. How could you not see it? So, well, I'm telling you, trust me. No, not possible. You must have had a nightmare. Oh, it is a nightmare, but it is real. She says, no, you sure you didn't have, like, you didn't wake up? She says, I was there. It's like, give me a break. It can't be such a thing. It's not possible. How can something be godly and not show it? It's not about, you're making up stuff. Be serious. Be realistic. That would be a complete miracle. Like, how could we have something that would, you see, like, like we're hearing this conversation and we want to say to this Malach, like, I think you got, it the, you got it the other way around. For us, it's a big chidush, it's a novelty that you could introduce God into creation for him to become an intricate part. That is our chidush. In chassidut, that, that difference, our perspective, is called the difference between 
עולם בפשיטות ואלוקים בהתחדשות, which means the existence of the world is an obvious thing and introducing God is the novelty, or אלוקות בפשטות, the existence of God is an obvious thing, ועולם בהתחדשות, and introducing materialism that does not express its godliness, that is a novelty. So you say to a neshama that has never been to this world, there is such a place where you can't see God, and he tells you, give me a break. You're making up stuff. It can be. It can, can be. It's not shayich. Yeah? It's an interesting perspective, because sometimes it helps just to think the other way around. I don't know why I'm also thinking about that story, but it's a cute story. I was already thinking about neshamas and ganeden and disappearing. So I remember the story, he says, that it was in Echoz, so the story about the two Neshamas is like an imaginary scenario, although quite plausible. Uh, but this is an actual story about a Chassid, who every time, even he was already older age, every time in the middle of the night he would get up, because he had to go to the bathroom, he would get up and do Nityas Yadayim, and after he went to the bathroom, he would go and sit down in the living room and take out the Mishnayas and learn a whole parak of Mishnah, and then go back to bed. And even if he had to get up a couple of times during the night. So obviously it gave him like... That's not necessarily the simple definition of a good night's sleep, right? <laughs> and that's like, okay. So one of his family members once asked him, I don't know, Tata, Zayda, whatever, says, you see, you're tired. Like, why? Like, people get up and then, you know, they try not to, get, not to wake themselves too much so they can go back to sleep. And stay asleep. He says, you, you wake yourself up. He says, I know. I'm not saying it's easy. I don't have a choice. He says, why don't you have a choice? He says, because you don't realize. When you're sleeping, your neshama is going up, began and is meeting up with other neshamas. Now, what happens when I have to wake up? Because I have to go to the bathroom. So my neshama comes back down. What's going to happen when I'm going to go back to sleep? She's going to go back up. But then the other neshamas who stay there are going to ask her, where did you go? He was only some young pishin. He said, he said so what did I say? I want to pee? He says, it, 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 it's shameful. So I say, I want to learn Mishnayas. Ah. I said, it's a chasidah shederher. Because he was doing it. He wasn't just laughing. He says, it's, it's a, a bush for the neshama. He was in the middle of learning Bashamayim. Went away, coming back. But what are you going to say? Where did you go? Had <clears throat> stuff to take care of. <laughs> so he said, at least I have something to show for. I went to Lantyre and Eilam Hazel. Okay, I don't know about you, I'm not there. But I like the fact that it's a, it's a concrete application of something that you know is true. Meaning that actually the perspective that we have of the world, that you have a body, you have bodily needs and functions, you need to sleep, you need to rest. And, Sometimes you also have to go to the bathroom. Okay, that's, that's like an obvious thing. And whenever you get taken care of all those obvious things, of course, you're a yid, you're learning Torah, you're doing mitzvahs. Yeah, of course. But in a way, that's the hischatros. In a way, that's the novelty. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. That, that's not my choice. That's a fact. That I'm flesh and blood. I don't have to learn a mimer to explain me that I'm flesh and blood. No, no, that's pretty self-explanatory. I don't have to do, it's like the Essen Essig song, right? Like, I don't have to convince myself to eat and to drink. 
That's that's the fact. So what is Oshon? Coming back to this minor. Oshon is the process of this transformation, not only of perspective, of reality. Why do we have the perspective that materialism exists in itself and that God is a novelty? Because that is how materialism functions. Materialism functions without godliness being an intricate element of its existence. Right? Ashan, the smoke, refers to the process in which godliness will become a part of the existence to the point that it will be obvious that it is the main element of all elements. Like imagine today, you would say, okay, so you have fire, water, wind, earth, and, and so one second, so, and, and where are the atoms? Yes? Yeah. So you think... Get so imagine that not only you add a fifth element, which is a likus, but then you also understand that Batsam all the four elements are also you get it? So so suddenly once this switch goes on, and but not only goes on in your perspective, because that you can do through learning chassidus, Batsam. Through learning chassidus, if you really, really learn it to das, you can already start visualizing it in that way. But when will it become a tangible reality? That passion, it's an obvious thing. Like, like for a neshama saying, it cannot be that something exists without seeing that it can be such a thing. It's not shaykh. You cannot have something exist that does not show it galani. Because nothing exists outside of galani. So how, how could you do it? How could you even pull that off? Like how, how could you create something but with no atoms? So it's not something. Yeah, no, it's something. No, it's, no, it's not possible. Because for it to be a thing... I need building blocks. So it's not shaykh. See, you see why the neshama is saying to this neshama, you're making up stuff? It's not possible. It was a nightmare. So this neshama who was in Elamazet says, trust me, it is a nice bear, but it exists. Uh, and you understand why for the neshama it's mamash a nightmare. Because you know for the neshama, actually the neshama is the only sane guy in a crazy world. That's not fun. Is it house full of Meshagor? It's like, no. Have fun. Meaning, like, there's no one to talk to. There's no one to talk to. You can't make sense to anyone. There's a Shami saying, but you know, there's Elokos. No, no, this is Gashman. See, but you know, Gashman is Elokos. Oh, you can do a mitzvah with it. No, no, that's not what I said. They say you could do a mitzvah with it. They say you could use it for Gashman. I'm saying, it is Elokos. No, it isn't. See, the Shama has like this. I think she stopped having the argument. But eventually, this whole process of Avodah Hashem, but I have to go back to the mind, the whole process of Avodah Hashem is the Nefesh Elikis explaining a true conceptualization of the idea, explaining it to my rational soul, Nefesh Elikis, and eventually, eventually, lifting up my animal soul. That's the process of Avodah Tatfila, of his bonus. That's what his bonus is here to do. The Neshama, so you learn a lot of this. A, to remind yourself the truth as it is behemoth. And then you learn other mamarim, which is about the rational aspect of it, how you can rationalize it, and that's important, and that's the whole point of Chabad. If it's only the first part, then Noyam el Melech would be enough. Or Kedusha Slevi. The works of other Siddhisha uh, Revei, uh, that were before the Altar were enough to just state the 
divine truth? I said, no. The author of it wants, yeah, but I want to explain it to you. Who are you talking to? You don't have to explain it to the Neshama. You realize that, right? And you can't explain it to the Nefshabamis directly because he's all about follow your heart. So who do you talk to? The rationale of a person. Because you're a human being. You have a seichel. Can we try and use that? Try, give it a try? Might be surprised. Uh, uh, so, and then comes the avoidedika that takes, now you understand, now let's, talk, let's talk about your Let's talk about your nefshalamis. How can we do that? So this whole process that we also know inwards with our own character and personality or the process that we do through Torah mitzvahs with the physical elements of the world, both those two processes are referred to. The process is what? In our analogy of this mimer, that's the smoke. Get it? That is the smoke. The smoke is, is the process. The, when you see smoke, well, of course, this is no fire, there's no smoke without fire. But okay, but you, when you see, here in this mimer, you see when there's no smoke without elevation. That is what you mean in this mimer. If there's smoke, that means that something is moving, burning up, going up. That's what it means. Ah, so why did Hashem put smoke on Harsina? It's only stones, precisely to tell you that the whole world will be taken by it. So, what does it mean when it's not? Well, actually, we can't see. We do not see. Since we don't see the fire, we don't see the smoke either. What fire don't we see? Godliness. The fire is the godliness. So since we don't see the godliness, we don't see the elevation? No, of course not. Because something... When the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab, fled the city of Lubavitch uh, in 1917, in the during the First World War. Sometimes even those who know historic history of Lubavitch don't always realize this reference. It was during the World War I. Um, the big war was Russia and German troops. So uh, Lubavitch was one of the front lines in Belarusia, right Russia. So they, they fled, and they fled all the way south. And obviously there was also a, an objective of the Rebbe to go to a big city, Rostov. Now that's a whole different story. They took as much as they could with them, but in very hastily. So, one point they, uh, they came to the Rebbe Shab with a box of cutlery. And he said, in this box, there's also cutlery that was always put aside as the cutlery that had belonged to the Alter Rebbe, to Mitter Rebbe, to Fivir's Rebbe. But it got like in the, it got all mixed up with all, all the cutlery. So what should we do now? We should just use it all so people will, like also use for their own. What should we do? So Rebbe took the box, started taking out one by one, and made two piles, right and left. And when it was finished, the pile on the right was smaller. He said, those belong to Rebbe. Those belong? Those belong to the previous Rebbe's. How does he know? So, so someone exactly, without saying it, but that's the question that was on his face. He looked at the Rebbe Shab like this. Rebbe Shab says, Sizval. It's warm. Like he said, like, how do you know which plate of soup is warm? Touch it. <laughs> like, 
That would be a good start. Uh, like simple start. How do you know? Well, just touch it. If it's warm, so it's warm. If it's not warm, so it's not warm. You see the you see the fire. If it went into a lukos in a higher level, so it's warmer. Yeah, it could be that your touch is not tuned into that sense yet. Yeah, that could be. But the fact fact that your touch is not tuned into a sense is like me saying that a certain whistle noise was never doesn't exist because I didn't hear it. No, that only means that you don't hear it. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Tell the dog it doesn't exist. Tell a whale that a certain wave doesn't exist. It exists. Uh, you don't hear it. Your sense is not tuned to that frequency. Be it in colors. So we, you see, it's interesting because Abishta in Teva left us the possibility to understand it. You see it with sight. That you understand. No, actually, you don't see it. Yeah, you, see, you understand and also see that there are things that you can't see that are beyond the frequency of light that the human eye can, can see. We don't, human eye is not an eye of a mosquito. We do not see. Uh, we don't see warmth. We don't. A mosquito does. Well, actually, we curse him for that, but still. Yes. <laughs> Right? How did he find me? Well, you were lit up. <laughs> like, I'm alone in a very big room. Yeah, but you were so bright. You were standing out. Now, if I go out into a pitch dark room, I'll have to go like this a long time before I find someone, right? A mosquito zoom, boom, goes right like a missile to the target. Why? Because the mosquito, so, so, so we developed infrared. Because they started thinking that, huh? But we don't have that eyesight. We can see warm. We see colors. Actually, we might see more colors, definitely, than a mosquito. Again, mosquitoes again. But we see less colors than, than a bee. Yeah. Yeah. So, the So, about sight, we understand that there's a spectrum, and we have a part of that spectrum. Same thing about about uh, hearing. So, can that also be applied to touching? So, in modern science, we don't have an example of it. In science, there's no such a thing as I can touch it and you can't touch it. What does it mean? Touching is touching. How can someone touch more? I can, I, seeing more and hearing more, I get. Touching more, what does that mean? Huh? Yes, exactly. You don't feel the same thing. You take out this spoon. Huh? This belongs to the Alter Rebbe. I don't, well, just feel it. So it's just different. It's not more. Yeah, but it's a, but it's a different touching. Feel you can feel warmth, which is not a physical warmth, but you feel it in your hands. You see the fifth part becoming part. You think it's a nest? No, it's not a nest. You get it? Yeah. It's not a nest. A tzaddik is already living, as we know, tzaddik is already living in a, in, a, in a level that corresponds to Geula. It's not a nest. It's, it's like just simple. Like in Russian it? means hurry up. Yeah. Well, actually, it can also right. mean that in Hebrew. Bekitzer means okay. So, in short. In short. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. So why did Hashem put smoke on the Mount Sinai? Because He wanted to express this idea of godliness becoming one with 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 material existence. So, one second. What would have been the problem if there would have been trees burning? 
and not the stones smoking. Because if there would have been trees burning, that would mean that the fire, there will be some kind of criteria in which the fire of Hashem can go into the world. Not in everything, you get it? But the fact that Hashem made the stone smoke, what does he express by that? Everything will. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it didn't burn. But here it goes even a step further. It it's done on purpose. Meaning, you could say, why do this on purpose? Putting smoke on something that is that does not produce smoke. And the answer is because the smoke that we are talking about is referring to. No, it was. I want to check. Did the did the Jews see actual smoke? Or not? Yes. Yes. The Mimer, however, explains that the the reference of that smoke, because Hashem is not into special effects, just the people should go, wow. Yeah, it was a smoke machine. Huh? It was like a smoke machine. Yeah. No, he was, yeah, whatever. Like, it's like, wow, it was awesome, right? No, Hashem doesn't care what kind of awesomeness uh, like critics review is going to get for the spectacle of Mount Sinai giving the Torah. He really doesn't care. So if he put something, it had a very, very profound and specific meaning. So why did he put smoke? So we got the answer, right? To show that fire will have to elevate. Why did he put smoke at the stones? To tell you that godliness will... I'm, I'm afraid to say the word because... Uh, per, per, permeate? Permeate. Permeate. Yeah, that's the word I wanted. Permeate existence. Whole of existence. Because if it doesn't, it cannot permeate only part of existence, because then it's not called permeating. That means adding. If it permeates, so it has to go. So why stones? Because why not? You get it? On the contrary, if you say, no, but stones. Oh, so you're still acknowledging Gashmas and Ruchmas as being two things. Like saying, yeah, okay, certain things are more apt to go into the coast. Okay, so you still got it wrong. You still don't understand what it's about. It's not about introducing Hashem into physicality as a fifth element, but it's going to be an exterior element. It's about permeating existence. And to express that, that is why Dovka stones, because anything less than stones, you wouldn't have got the message. You would have misunderstood it. You would have thought they're talking about Eloikos coming into the world. You see the difference between Eloikos coming into the world? And Alakus permeating the world and becoming one with the world. It's not the same can we, thing. Can we say it's like salt and food? Yes, definitely. Yeah, you can definitely say that. I mean, in, 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 when it comes to the taste, it becomes one. And not when you talk about molecular structure. Yeah, so so only in the taste reference. that You can't take it out anymore. It will become one. Like, just like, like salt that really went in. I mean, There's certain aspects that if I rinse it a lot... <laughs> And especially if I boiled it with a lot of salt, salt right? Water. Can I can I rinse it? It won't it won't help. It won't. If you yeah, maybe. But then the food is done. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, if I turn it into powder. Yeah. So we're saying this is right that the rock, the stone itself, is like such a physical part. Like it's something like it genuinely is just nothing. I mean, it's a rock. So we'll see later in the mimer, but I'll give you the stone represents the level that seems the most distant and also the, the least plausible to ever connect to the divine. 
You say, okay, you can bring Hashem, but not there. No, no, that's that's out of reach. Yeah, saying that there will be a level in which a likus cannot go. So dafka, that's an even, like because an even is something that can burn, right? You can, you can, you can, you can burn. It's not shayich. You can't make a stone burn. So, well, you'd be surprised when you're talking about the Eishah So now what is the... Now, now the Ois Gimel, the river starts explaining that now we understood this concept. Ois Gimel, I'm going to rush through it because actually once you understood the concept, now, I don't think, all the boxes are going to start falling into their places. Now, all the questions you had about fires, consuming fire, blah, blah, blah. Now that you got the, the like, you got, you got the principle... Now you'll you'll understand. Now everything makes sense. We're going to explain the difference between the prior verses. The verse that says that the Mount Sinai was completely up in smoke. We're talking about the moment when Hashem was giving the Torah. Since when Hashem gave the Torah, it was a complete revelation that came from above. So meaning, so the world itself, was completely still material, and crass, non-refined. So then, so such a divine revelation, which in a way is only one-sided, it only comes from above, it, it, it made a nullification, an elimination of the world, but often, in a way, Shehar Sinai Oshan Kula. And now he's going to give a very interesting reading. There was smoke everywhere. Because you know what it means if you have smoke everywhere? Sherib with a girdle Oshan. The fact that there is so much smoke, more that is to indicate Shechomre Toilam, that the physical existence of the world, Loha Yadakum Zuchar, is not yet fine and refined world itself would already been elevated there wouldn't have been so much smoke why is there so much smoke because there's so much stuff and it's crass and it's full of humidity and it's full of stuff that is there's smoke all over but then he's going to continue but you can even say more than that not only was there a lot of smoke and that the lot of smoke comes to indicate that the world really hadn't started yet. Barely we're starting this process, but Shezeu Gama Shekoso, that is also actually what the verse means when it says, that the smoke was because Hashem came with fire. It doesn't even say that something was burning. It says there was smoke, but actually it doesn't even say that something was burning. It says there was fire and smoke. It doesn't say consuming fire. Because that this precise is it wording? No. Terminology. Terminology. This way of of phrasing? Yeah? Phrasing? Terminology. Terminology. That terminology of saying Hashem came down with fire, not using German fire, and there was a lot of smoke. The mountain was smoking. This lush and mashma comes to give us the, the, the understanding, the subtext. Why was there smoke directly from the fire? Not from something that was burning. Interesting, right? 
It's as if the fire was skewing smoke. The contact, it's as if the contact of the fire with, this, with, with the reality of the world produced smoke, but not because the reality was burning. It's the fire that brought with it the smoke. Why? For the world's state, the state of the world, when Hashem gave the Torah, the world was still so crass. It was not even yet apt to be burned and eliminated through fire. So it would not have made sense that they would have said in the beginning, in the opening, Hashem came down to give the Torah and the whole Mount Sinai was burning. <laughs> what do you mean? We, we, we haven't even started. That's the avoider of the Torah learning and doing. It would have made no sense that the world would have been burning. You get it? Hashem symbolizes. He wants to show us the end game. But it can't be happening yet. Because if it is already happening, then actually we don't need a Torah. So it cannot be happening. But Hashem wants to tell us what is going on through giving the Torah. What is going on is that the world will go up in smoke. Oh, so it's going up? No, it's not now going up in smoke. Dummy. Because we, we haven't started yet. So why is there smoke? To tell you what... You get it? To give you the, the, the end game, to tell you what we're going to do. Did the it's like, imagine, before I take questions, you know, I like examples. Imagining an architect showing the layout of a nice house, a mansion, okay? And the kid saying, Oh, can I put my stuff down here? That's going to be my room? Yeah, don't put your stuff here. Yeah, but that's my room. Yeah, but that's not a room yet. It's just a, a drawing of a room. It can even be a 3D image, right? Like real size. I'll even do a, uh, right? How you call it? A virtual visit, right? A real, a virtual visit with real size. Hey, this is my room. I'm going to put down my stuff here. It's not, it, the room is not there yet. You're being shown the room. The room is not there yet. The world didn't need, I thought that Montenegro was like a sort of initial cleanse, like in order for us to do our job with the Torah. Like it was almost like the striking of the match, and then we have to like light candles or fire. Can you say that again? I missed okay. the link. I thought that the world needed an initial cleansing in order for us to do what we need to do with the Torah and mitzvahs, and I thought that Matan Torah was the initial. It the, so I don't know. If I would use the word cleansing. Not cleansing. Because cleansing, I would go back to to marble, which oh, is okay. the case, which is the case. Um, Like a kickoff. The, yeah, a kickoff. So and, the, and the kickoff is Vanya Hashem. That is the kickoff. Meaning, if Hashem would have just just sent it to us by UPS, okay, we just have received it. Special delivery. With a tutorial, right? Everything on YouTube, just follow. And then like building guide, you can do it. It wouldn't have worked. Because it has to be a Niamaskil. It has to be the kickoff. So Hashem did that is Vayered. 
And that is what why, why did Hashem bring down the fire? Because he did not he wanted to change the nature of fire also. That fire that is always about retreating. No, we are now going to establish a fire that is going to go inwards. That is going to be the Lakuz that's going to go into the world. We're even a part of it. So it was not raw, it was not even apt to be burned. Do you say in English apt? Yeah, okay. Yeah. That is why the Pasak actually cannot express that, it, that the smoke was because the mountain was burning. That's why it doesn't say, although when you read the verses, that's what you automatically imp- conclude. Shem came down in fire, and the whole Sinai mountain was going up in smoke. So, like, automatically the association of the words saying, okay, because everything was burning. Well, yeah, well, technically he didn't say that. But he makes you believe that, because it's important that you believe that, because that is actually the goal of everything. But truth being told, it didn't actually happen yet. Yet this dual presentation, I want you to see something, but on the other hand, I can't cheat. It's not really happening yet, because that is going to be what you're going to have to do. Mashain came, but... But on the, what is not true, what is not the case, with Hapasak, with the verse, Umarik Vodashem, that God's glory appeared like a fire. That's the, that's the verse that we started the Mimer of. The verse that talks when Moshe is going up the mountain. So that koi, that refers, Odat Hazman, uh, about a moment, Shalachimat that comes after giving the Torah, meaning there has now been already the initial refinement and nullification of the world through Hashem's doing. It's not the same. Okay, there is still a whole process to be done. Okay, but the process has been kicked off. I'm going to go even a step further. Actually, the verses that say that Hashem came down with fire and the Mount Sinai was smoking, etc., etc., all that description precedes the word Anoichi. Precedes Vayadaber Alekim. Meaning, the whole thing that it was fire and that it was smoke, yeah, but it's the moment of giving a Torah. You could say, yeah, well, it's one and the same. Okay, but if you go screen by screen, okay, like, because, because the Giloy Lukus is there already. From Hashem's side, He brought down the divine into the world already, and He already produced, He made this kick of the, the world should not say. Now, how is this going to continue? By Him giving us the Torah. You see, you see so the chronology? Say, like, I, like, I'm here, but like, we already know you're there. Okay, so that's the whole understanding of Anochi Hashem Make a long story short, Anochi is to understand that Hashem's existence is the existence of all existence and He's our master, we have to follow Him. Yeah, no, that was cool. But still, that is, it's not the mitzvah that I, I am here. Of course, that's, He doesn't have to say that. It's I am, Yud Kevavke, I'm the existence of all existence, and I'm your master. It's interesting, like, you already have this image that Hashem is there on the mountain with this cloud with no fire, like, no fire, nothing, you know, burning. There is fire. And then all of a sudden you hear, oh. There is fire. There's fire that descends upon the mountain. There is fire. So you see the fire, and you see the whole mountain building up with smoke, which lets you conclude logically that that mountain is burning, which makes sense, right? 
I see a big fire and some above, and then I see the whole like loads of smoke going up. So and something is burning, right? But if I see that it was a mountain of stone, well, yeah, I know. I would. I, I guess I would be puzzled. Like, what is that a volcano? Maybe. I, I guess I would be puzzled, but I wouldn't be able to. So it would be like a miracle. Anyways, going back here. So when Hashem initially, there is no the. Hashem came down. But then he gave the Torah. Meaning, their revelation and the giving of the Torah is in itself already an advancement. So now that the Torah will be given, when, will be, when, we, when the Torah is not going to refer that there is a fire and that there is a smoke, it cannot be the same description. It can be. Because if it's the same description, that means that you haven't accomplished Zilch. Nothing happened. That's not true. Nothing Torah happened. Torah was given. The revelation was there. So it cannot be that the divine fiery appearance and the world's interaction with it will be exactly the same after the giving of Torah as it was just the moment that preceded Hashem saying, it's not possible. So says the Rebbe, indeed, and that is why it's not the same description. Why does it say afterwards when Moshe went up the mountain that Hashem was, that it talk, when it talks about that moment after giving of Torah, after the giving of Torah had already achieved a certain refinement, meaning the world is already not as crass as it was before. So now what it says, Hashem's appearance was Ke'esh Ochelet. Get it? It's so beautiful. A consuming fire. The world is being consumed. So why is the smoke? The world has become more refined. Yeah. What's your question? So why is the smoke? You think that once it's actually, once the smoke, when the fire actually hits, so when you're any given thing that could burn, we're not talking about smokes now, right? Every, any given thing that can burn, but that is going to put up a lot of resistance, and rubber tires, okay? the more resistance, the more hard, the more the smoke is going to be intense. Yeah. It's going to be intense smoke, or crazy smoke. It's as the fire is going to advance and it's going to burn through things that the, folk ev- the smoke eventually will become thinner. So there was this, Im- so that's what I said before, there was this paradox. And nothing was being consumed, but there was an intense smoke. And what does that mean for us? Because it, the whole thing over there is only to, to depict the, what is going to happen eventually. Okay. But, so, but you also no, have to know that the world is very crass. You have to take conscious that the world is very crass. How does it, did Hashem show that the world was very crass? By making a ton of smoke. But then how do we know that the smoke is from the fire itself and not from when it's burning? No, that's because the puzzle says. Oh. And also maybe because maybe once it was gone, the mountain was still sta- up and standing. No, not even in a uh, spiritual sense. Like, if we're saying that the world was so physical and so material, yeah. then if there's super thick smoke, then the world is burning, so to say. But the world was even more thick than that, and actually, it couldn't, even, it couldn't even burn, but that was also symbolized by the, tri- I know, yeah, but if, 
Yes. If Hashem would not have put up smoke, then it would think, oh, you, you cannot elevate this. No, this will be elevated. It's going to be tough. There will be a lot of resistance. Yeah. So I need the smoke. Because the smoke symbolizes elevation. So there will be elevation. Thick smoke. It's going to be a tough job because the world is really resisting. Actually, the world is so resisting that actually technically now, now, it's not even clicking. I'm, I'm, I'm like just doing a 3D presentation. <laughs> so to speak, it's like it's actually not really happening. But that was before he said, Then the cumulative of the Gilgal, night actually started happening already. So the ball got rolling. It was a very, very, very small, tiny, tiny, tiny snowball. And an immense, 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 immense amount. So when we say snowball effect, we see it a little bit quicker, right? Uh, okay. So yeah. when we talk about Mount Centaurus, like that was the moment that the, there was a bridge between spiritual and physical life. Is that a superficial way of saying this, or it's different? That what? Coming in, that? That like Mount Centaurus was the moment you were to bring down spirituality. Yeah, it is. When you learn such a memory, those words become the same words and a completely different image. Something completely different. Now, I'm here in the parentheses, not in, in the brackets, I don't want to read the brackets inside, I'm just saying what the Rebbe says in the brackets, which is a very interesting uh, uh, diuk. The Rebbe says like this, true, the fire was a consuming fire, but only on the top of the mountain. Why only the top of the mountain? Because since the world is still so gas, still so thick, still so crass, you can actually connect to Lekos only if on your side you get rid of as much gashmas as you can. Meaning, you yourself, spiritual way of looking at gashmas, you yourself are obese. That's the bottom of the mountain. You want to connect with Hashem? Well, first go on a fitness program. Okay? Become slimmer. You get it? You'll become slimmer. When you get rid, you get. You see the image? I'm so confused though, because it's not the opposite. No, because there is an element. I know we spoke about it in other classes as well. Every human being, even as a human being, educates his children to be educated and not be animals. Meaning, even within materialism, there's a, there's a, there is already this conception of being n- not so crass. Just that in the beginning, beginning, it was a, 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 a condition to connect with Hashem. That is why only Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Mr. Shalach. No, okay, even afterwards. It was pushed a condition you cannot, it can't be a Sheikhelis if you are Batachtisahar. You can't. Why? But Hashem, yeah, but it, it's your process. So the connection exists, but for the moment, if you want to meet that connection, you have to meet it at the summit. You can't meet it down below. Down below, you're just Begashmis. Afterwards, I'm just I'm not going to go into it. Now, re- now read again all the psukim of Chet Egel, and suddenly the story like, Reid Maher, go down the mountain. Okay. And they were Betachti Sahar, they were at the bottom of the mountain. Like, you learned the Pashta Egel with this mime. Oh, this is so cool. Get it? Because, yeah, it makes perfect sense. 
the, an eagle never could have happened at the summit. They were still completely in a place where there still wasn't an Eishaychala. The Eishaychala had not yet attained it. Not the potential of Eishaychala. The actual Eishaychala. Meaning that the fire is consuming. No, it wasn't yet consuming the Tachtesar. Can we? Of course you can. That's why I put smoke on the stones. If, you couldn't, if the Tachta Sahar, if the lowest level of the mountain will never be able to elevate it, I would not have put smoke on the stones. I put smoke on the stones, didn't I, says Hashem. To tell you, everything will. Everything will, but, it, but for the moment, where is it happening? Oh no, only Beroshahar. You have to go on a real spiritual fitness program. And uh, where you go to the... Because it's a very interesting image, because what happens as the, as the mountain goes up, Kashmir becomes thinner and thinner. Like, like very slim. Roshad is very, very slim. Yeah, interesting. I didn't think about that. Mm. Is that still the case now? No. No, of course not. Oh, no, 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 of course not. <laughs> it would be really bad news if that would be the case now. When did that like, okay, that was a lot of time for nothing. <laughs> yeah, 3,300 years? Of course not. Here we since we were before the Gola, meaning the fire, and if you go with the Sikhs of the Rebbe, that the beer is finished, the Rebbe is basically going, the fire is already consuming the Bala. Those people have to be ready. That's a different thing. So then we already brought the fire to the top of the mountain? To the lowest, no. I mean to the lowest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, uh, a different fabric. <laughs> it's a different fabric. Trust me, if I would have the answer. Uh, Shane. And now I just want to finish this paragraph on page test because we have to finish the class. I'm sorry I interrupted you. The odds and even more, not only was it consuming fire at the top of the mountain, but even more, Actually, truth be told, right after the giving the Torah, it wasn't really, really smoke. It was still so, so thin. She didn't actually produce smoke. It was like more cloudy smoke. Like it says, because this cloud doesn't refer to this elimination. So, one second. So, was it consuming fire? Yes or no? Yeah. Low, low key. What are the two elements expressed? It was really, they were really only like. In the first, like not even the tenth or the millions, one out of a million of an inch of this process, it's because true it was a consuming fire, but a it was a, the consuming fire is only at the top of the mountain, and even there it only produced kind of a smoke. I mean, kind of a smoke. Well, smoke is when it actually burns. It didn't really yet burn, yeah. And it gets like. It's rubbing itself with fire. You see the difference? It's like I took, I take, I take a little bit of wood and put it on a fire, but it really doesn't really catch. So what does that give us? Smoke, smoke. Right? And someone's saying, I'm trying to light a fire. I, I think I'm taking twigs. I'm taking things. Okay, trying to light a fire. Was the wood wet? Yeah. Let's say the wood is wet. Okay. So, only smoke. so yeah, no, but let's say it like goes out after two seconds. So you'll have like kind of a piff, 
puff, thin of smoke, right? It's not smoke, smoke. Not something you say, I'm choking. No. So it's like you're going to be more like a cloudy smoke. You see the image? Cloudy smoke meaning a very kind of refined smoke. They say, refined, yay, that's great. The world is so refined. Yeah, well, no, actually, it's like a... It, you, it's not because you're finished, it's because you didn't start yet. <laughs> you think, oh, it's like a thin smoke, meaning we're already after the whole bill. Mm. You're before the whole bill, meaning it's starting. It's, so what's, what yeah. makes this, the fire able to come down the mountain? Like, what's the piece that gives us that? That's our mitzvah. That's our Vodis Hashem, the cumulative Vodis Hashem of all the Bnei But if the fire's only at the top, like, no, no. That's where, no, no, that's, that's Mamish like something. That's where the fire took, so to speak. Had to take. You know, one, 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 one. Yeah. That's where the fire took. So there it's linked in. Now it's, it's, it's linked. Okay. Now you have to make it come down. You have to make it come down. All the way down. Or bring the mountain up. Well, how can I bring a mountain up? Well, would you just start well, make, 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 uh, make the mountain less. Thick. It's a different ways. So there's two ways to do it. Yeah. So uh, this here in this okay, okay. Yeah. Wouldn't that be like down here? Okay, that's it for today. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll pick up from chapter 4 and finish the minor next week, Bezos Hashem. Are we going to talk about this part now? Uh, I have to read it again and again. Um, I, I just read it again and I, I got confused.